Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. And welcome back to the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. This week, I am joined by Becky and Kira. Hello, ladies. Hello. 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 <laughs> and um, we are going to be talking about the Oasis model. Um, you may have heard of it before, you may not have, but it's um, a form of planning. I don't want to give anything away. So (laughs) I will straight away ask the question uh, to you ladies. So can you give us a quick overview of what what is the OASIS model? So the purpose of the OASIS model or the OASIS guide is to ensure that all communications are really effective, efficient and evaluated properly. So the OASIS model was created for government communications professionals, specifically initially. However, regardless of if you're in an in-house brand or an agency organisation, it's absolutely applicable to a lot of different campaigns, mm-hmm. be that small campaigns or really big paid for uh, long uh, ones that are going on for a long, mm-hmm. long amount of time. So it really applies to every kind of planned communications. Um, so that it's a really effective way to basically plan out uh, any print or digital campaign that you're thinking of doing. Um, and yeah, so it's quite an easy step-by-step mm-hmm. guide to take you through. Yeah, and easy to remember, Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and of course, so each of those, it's an acronym and it stands for something um, and there are those five steps. So can one of you talk us through what those five steps of the OASIS model are? Sure. So we start with the objectives right at the start and that's thinking about your project or your campaign or product launch, whatever, whatever it might be. And objectives, so asking yourself, what do you want to achieve? That's your end goal, if you like. We then move down to A for audience. So who are we targeting? Who are we trying to talk to? Whose behavior are we trying to change? And that might be a segmentation of your customer base. It might be an entirely new customer or audience segment that you want to talk to. We then look at the strategy. So that's kind of top level top level planning in terms of what are we going to do? Where are we going to do it? What are the timeframes involved? Then we come down into the implementation, which is a little bit more on the kind of tactical side um, of planning what do we need to do? How are we going to do it? What resources have we got? Looking at budgets maybe as well. And then finally, you've got your S for scoring, which is your evaluation as Kira, Kira explained. Sorry, Kira. Um, so we're looking at the... <laughs> fancy input- name, actually, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking here at the inputs, the outputs, and the results that have been achieved, ultimately answering the question, hopefully, of your original objective. What did we want to achieve? Did we achieve it? What mm-hmm. were those results? 
did we come in on budget, under, over, etc.? What did we ultimately achieve from the mm-hmm. whole campaign and scoring it? What maybe looking at some learnings, challenges, and what we do next time as well? Yeah, there nice. you go. Easy, easy, easy peasy. And I think here you kind of touched upon who uses it already, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So it was created for government communications professionals, as mentioned. So that would be for things like public affairs, lobbying or campaigning for any legislation change. Mm -hmm. So it's really a model to uh, explain in the wider context of perhaps a government campaign, what you want to achieve, where it fits in and really ensuring that um, all the work really links to clear objectives and you're able to evaluate the impact of everything in that campaign, which is why it's packaged up, as you say, Jenny, in that nice acronym of OASIS. And it goes through the stages really clearly so you can follow those and, yeah, hopefully achieve, uh, as Becky said, the objectives, preferably mm-hmm. smart objectives um, <laughs> that um, you set at the start. So smart objectives, um, if anyone's not familiar, is um objectives that are specific measurable achievable realistic and time bound so another acronym Mm -hmm. um so it really sets out what your communications activity is intending to achieve so it starts with the aim and then you can develop your communications objectives and activity in order to deliver that aim awesome and you kind of covered there as well like why why it's a beneficial tool um but it is, it is really, how it just helps, doesn't it? it, helps you sort of set out that planning so you know exactly what you should be covering because it's very easy. And I know we talk elsewhere as well to dive straight into kind of tactical activity and trying to get creative before you've even thought about what your objectives are and what those goals are and yeah, those smart objectives and, and goals. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's really, really beneficial. It's just a good tool to help you plan out so I mean also do you have any thoughts in terms of how it compares to any other models any other planning models so I've got one that's uh rather than comparing sort of goes quite hand in hand Mm -hmm. with um government communication specifically that's probably quite worth mentioning whilst we're on the topic of Oasis planning models but there's something called the core role of government communication so third acronym uh, (laughs) welcome to the podcast Uh, of acronyms (laughs) (laughs) Um, at least we're explaining them I mean we're not just throwing them out there and then (laughs) should we add a few more for fun (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, Kira come on (laughs) the core role of government communications is just really to identify what the campaign is hoping to achieve So the C stands for changing behaviours that benefit society. The O stands for operational effectiveness of public services. The R stands for reputation of the UK and responding in times of crises. And E stands for explanation of government policies and programmes. So that is very specific to government communications. And as we Mm -hmm. say, Oasis model can be used beyond that. And for consumer uh, campaigns, trade campaigns, etc. in in-house and agency. But if you are working in public affairs or are a government's communications, uh, public relations professional, then the core role is often used mm-hmm. in lieu with the Oasis planning model. Yeah. And I think you could actually apply that to other businesses yeah. and but you could as a you know, all mm-hmm. of that. I know you've 
talked about sort of operational effectiveness and reputation in the UK, that's quite applicable to businesses, isn't it? So it is definitely something you can use. Um, Thank you, Keo. I didn't know about the core, (laughs) the core planning model. Yeah, (laughs) There's a few, aren't there? So there's also things like SOSTAC, which is situation, objective, strategy, tactics, actions, and control. Controls, again, is looking at like the management information to deliver your results, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, And then AMAC, which is a media intelligence and insights professional organization kind of setting the standard for measurement and evaluation in particular they also have their own kind of uh planning and integrated evaluation framework which is really detailed and really kind of next level when we're looking at planning and particularly measurement um specifically now looking at things like the barcelona 3.0 principles which I believe we talk about in another podcast. Mm-hmm. See our website for more information. <laughs> <laughs> but without going into too much detail, um, yeah, they're just kind of, it's very similar in terms of kind of looking at who your audience is and kind of setting out what your objectives are and how you're going to get there, basically. The biggest thing from this one is really looking at like what success looks like for you and maybe working backwards in terms of how you're going to plan your campaign. What do you need to achieve how are you going to achieve that? What resources have you got? What budget, et cetera. And then looking at things like your outtakes, your outcomes and your impact on that behavior. So, uh, sorry, the impact on that audience. So that's things like, is there a change in behavior? Are we asking, encouraging people to buy a particular product or talk about brands in a different way, for mm-hmm. example? So and that's good. Yeah. Cause that takes you sort of beyond those you know, quite vanity, 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 what is vanity? I don't know what vanity, um, metrics is what I was going to say, vanity metrics in, and actually looking at the outtakes that, that people take. So it's not just great. You've reached X many people, but what are they taking away from that? What are the messages and yeah. Yeah, a little impact? bit more meaningful in terms mm. of your business because absolutely we all want to see an increase in followers on social media or lots of web traffic. Traffic. We've started it now, Jenny. I know. Web traffic. Well, do you think we all just need to have a break, have a cup of tea, <laughs> come back, get our mouths in working order? <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> Sorry. So um, like we all want to see an increase in followers, web traffic to our website, um, people spending time on our website, talking about our products, etc. But actually, I think we need to also think about kind of the ultimate business goals and how your marketing objectives mm-hmm. might feed into that or the other impacting factors on this in terms of sales, how long your sales channel are, channel is, what other other marketing um, activities might feed into the campaign or other elements of the business that will also impact or feed into the campaign. So yeah, it really is looking at those things that are a little bit more valuable to the business. It might be tone of voice, it might be share of voice, it might be inclusion of key messages, links back to the website, that kind of thing that just make, if we're talking about coverage, for example, makes coverage a little bit more meaningful because wouldn't it be great if we've got a hundred pieces of coverage for a new product launch? Sure, but are they in the right title? Mm. Are they talking about the right thing? Is it three sentences versus three pages of coverage? Like this is all really important in terms of the value of the coverage and the quality of the coverage versus just kind of those vanity metrics, which are how many pieces did we secure? Well, if they're in the wrong title, then they don't really mean a lot to us, do they? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Um, I mean, in terms of examples of, so going back to kind of the Oasis model as well, and one of the reasons we have um, done an episode on it is actually it gets, it seems to be a question that people ask quite a lot, don't they? And it's always one of our most popular subjects that, that gets asked, sort of whether it's on our blogs and websites or what's Googled, um, which is funny when it's, you know, there are so many planning models, but Oasis, I think again, I think it's just got a catchy name. It's done its own very good PR. It's very credible of... as well, coming from the government, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. From the government's communication service. Like, that's quite... Oh, you don't think it's yeah, just because maybe... it's a nice name? Like, I... Oh, <laughs> it's sure. I think no, that as well. No, I think you're 100% right. Um, <laughs> um, but we did, um, a while ago, we saw, didn't we, Becky, so, uh, in terms of it being put into practice, um, quite a good campaign from, yes. I'm going to say it, it was, was from Bristol Waste. And they'd done a campaign a couple of years ago called Litter Hurts. And they used the um, Oasis planning model to as a test for them um, in terms of how they were going to manage their campaign and what they wanted to achieve and the, the resources and the tactics they needed to um, use, who they were talking to and how they were going to talk to them. Um, obviously, the implementation and the review afterwards. And it was it was really interesting to see it into use. So they basically wanted to tackle litter in the city centre of Bristol. Um, and they decided from some research they'd done when they were considering their audience, basically, was who was the main consumer or who did they want to target? And that was kind of your everyday person that's walking through the city centre um, or using green spaces in the city centre. And actually one of the most interesting topics that they had, that kind of audience demographic, would research on Google or YouTube um, or kind of affected their behaviours was pets animals so puppies and kittens and that's where the litter huts campaign comes from in terms of litter huts my puppy please pick up your litter please take it home when you're on a picnic that kind of thing but um I don't know if I digress there slightly sorry um so it was about the council basically wanting to engage with the public to make them feel a little bit more responsible for their own green space but also their litter so they used the oasis planning model and said that it was incredibly valuable because it made them think more about their audience and the target and how they were going to talk to them as opposed to um maybe if you're thinking that the council's going to run a marketing campaign about picking up your litter you might get a very different outcome or campaign might you if you aren't using a different tactical method to consider mm. your audience and the tactics that you might use this time yeah it was brilliant they did loads of puns around animal pets and it was brilliant it was one of the one of them what was it puns don't kill puppies, kill puppies rappers, do. rappers do yeah that was oh, with and a little cute also, picture of a puppy I think they had um <laughs> budget leftover winning so they'd had like promo <laughs> items like doggy poo bags that they were sending out to um like everyday consumers with like hashtag litter hurts on it um what else did they have they had like cigarette cases or like bags to put oh, stuff they in. had cigarette butts um hold it po- things you can pop in your pocket for smokers oh what did that yeah. say I think it said I like big big butts or something on yes. it yes yeah it was all very good butts. I mean yeah, was... we love a pun but that really ticked a lot of boxes for us yeah. maybe we're a certain type of <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but as part of that model as well what what was really good of course they set those really smart objectives so they did actually relate it and measure the levels of litter at the beginning and in terms of how much they were 
picking up waste wise from you know the streets and then they could really see the impact of the campaign afterwards and how it was reduced so um it's definitely worth i think you can probably find that as a case study somewhere um you can it's on their website and there's also a blog on our website one of the most viewed i might add about the oasis planning (laughs) model not that i wrote it and also their litter hearts campaign yeah yeah Oh, Oasis Parliament, it's so popular. Um, but yes, worth looking at because it was a really, really simple idea. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, all kind of using the Oasis planning model to, to make it come to life. So it's well worth having a look at. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add or any final tips or for anybody that's wanting to use the Oasis model? Uh, I think Kira stole some of my top tips throughout that. Thanks, Kira. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely, no, not at all. I think it's really great. We should be talking about smart objectives all the time. So making sure they're really specific, they are measurable, they're realistic, they're achievable, um, they're measured. So how are we going to measure it? And very time specific as well, whether that's the duration of your campaign or certain elements within the campaign. I think that's really important. Um, I also think, and this is kind of a wider thing for measurement and evaluation as well, which obviously is part of that planning model, is making sure that it's it's kind of ever reviewing, ever occurring, making sure we are kind of going back to that original message. What does success look like? What are our objectives? And making sure we're reviewing that on a regular basis so that if something's not working mid-campaign or early on in the game, we can change tactics or kind of make the edits that might be necessary in order to achieve the results that we want to at the end. Um, Obviously, it's not going to be very helpful if it's not worked and we're not looking at that until the end and then we've not had a very successful campaign. Whereas if we look at it kind of on a regular basis, once the campaign is launched or once certain elements are in place, it's really valuable to be able to make those changes or tweak some of the tactics that we're using to make it as successful as possible. Um, What else did I look at? Also to think about um, like what success looks like, um, whether it is kind of coverage or sales or a change in perception or mm-hmm. kind of a change in behavior of what we want people to do or how we want them to interact with our brand our product a specific organization then I'm really thinking about what does success look like because it will be totally different whether you're launching a new product whether that product is kind of food and drink or sports brand or it is something for the government that we're working with so absolutely it's really important to really drill down into what success looks like and considering your audience and how they play a really specific mm-hmm. role in that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. They're my top tips. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Becky. And um, it's worth saying as well, because I know we sort of, um, this is all quite broad stroke across the Oasis planning model. Um, we do have some other episodes that dive a little bit deeper in terms of, how to plan, how to set out a communications plan, where to start and really kind of going through the steps. And we also have some um, episodes that really hone in on measurement specifically, and they can be um, a good listen because often that is one of the biggest challenges is, um, you know, often companies, brands, marketing managers will come to us and say, um, we really struggle to measure effectively um and report so worth having a listen to those um as 
always, um, if you have any specific questions or you would like to chat to us, please do drop us a line. You can reach us through the website, which is adpr.co.uk. I don't know why I had to think about that so hard. (laughs) What's our website? Um, um, We would love to hear from you. Um, So thank you again for tuning in. Um, We'll see you next time. Bye.